Big Red Junkies. We have a new coach. Yay. We have a new coach. Thank God. We Thank have an actual coach. God. We have an actual coach. That's right. <laughs> we do. And he's a guy that we wanted. He's actually a guy that we wanted yes. from the beginning. We also have a coach in the room with us, a guest today. Matt's going to introduce. X. Uh, yeah. Well, X, X. You're always a coach, right? <laughs> we'll call it former. I bet exactly. people still like call you a, coach. They so. do, yeah. It's yeah. One, of the, one of the kind of prides in my life, you bet. Yeah, we're joined this week by a uh, longtime former head coach of the Omaha Westside Warriors, Brett Foyt. Welcome. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Should thanks be fun. for being on. Oh, yeah. Randomly had the thought last week when we were headed up to Minnesota, I was like, would your dad ever do a podcast with us? <laughs> Why like, not? I don't know. He's not doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have, over time, there's there's clinics I've turned down, speaking engagements, and, and uh, I regret those a lot. You know, it's just kind of fun jumping out of the box, doing things you're not used to doing. Yeah. Uh, don't feel comfortable with, whatever, but what the hell? Why not, right? Drink hey. in hand and talking sports. Absolutely. There you go. That's with, the best with, part with right dudes there. dudes in a room. And we don't take an anything NFL, too seriously. NFL game. <laughs> <laughs> Not not bad way to spend Thursday night. No, heck yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for being with us. You we uh, we were kind of excited when we when I started thinking through the different things that we could just talk to you about and kind of get a different perspective on. Like I said, we want to talk the new coaching hire, all that stuff. Kind of get your opinion on that too. And we're we're going to give more of a reaction than the half cocked one we did in the car on on Monday after the press conference. <laughs> you guys, also, were, you guys were psyched. <laughs> well, we were very that. excited. I, to that I know I was. Yes, you, was. you were. Brett, did you get a chance to see what he was wearing? Jen, no. Jen has a full Husker suit. This is video, oh, yeah. too? <laughs> no. Well, <I'll> <laughs> no. <laughs> Husker suit. I'll show you a picture. Hold on. That's I mean, You can keep talking, but... People don't yeah, need he's... to see us on the regular. With those kind of faces. <laughs> Next season, we're doing video for okay. sure. Sure. It's going to happen. But... Uh, that's awesome. No, I mean... <laughs> that's one of a kind there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You, ought get, you ought to get season tickets just for wearing that. Thing. <laughs> I actually have two of them. I modified the other one to have short sleeves and, a sh- and shorts for during the hot weather. There you go. So, yeah. You're innovative. <laughs> it's, it's a big step up from the tutu he was wearing before. Yeah, but I used, I used to wear true. tutu to games, yeah. So slightly, slightly excited. <laughs> but before we get into the coaches and stuff like that, I kind of wanted to get up get your perspective as a as a big time high school head coach here or recent head coach here in, in Nebraska you've been pursued by D1 schools for players yep. and can you walk us through just what that what that process looks like from the from either the players perspective or from your head coaching as the high school head coach perspective yeah, yeah you know it's different that's one thing people read in the papers about how recruiting works um, and it really is different and unique to every single school and every single coach. And that's what I ran across for the last, you know, 13 years as head coach. And before that, when I would see, see coaches or host coaches at Westside, um, it's different. Every coach from every school, uh, at every different level recruits differently in terms of how it's done, how they contact you, how they follow up with you, the things they ask, the things they don't ask. Um, you know, some coaches are incredibly thorough. They want to know everything about a kid from academics to behavior to the parents to the family to, um, you know, how they behave on the field, off the field, everything. And some coaches never ask a question. And it, it, it spans from D1 down to NAIA at every level. 
Sure. Uh, in fact, the most the most thorough recruiting job I've ever been through or a process I've been through is North Dakota State when they were uh, recruiting. That's not surprising. Cole yeah. Payton. Well, it's not surprising to me either because going back to the days of Craig Bowl, even yeah. uh, the thoroughness that they went through their recruiting process was like a job interview, not only for me but for the player, and. Um, that's why they're so good, and that's why they've been so good for so long yeah. because they have that process down. But uh, there are teams and coaches that have come through that I admire and respect and have relationships with, and some you know fly through and and barely barely talk to you. So uh, if anybody tries to tell you how recruiting works, um, it's very difficult to do because it's so different based <laughs> on the staff. It'd be Nebraska, Iowa, Wayne State, North Dakota State, Hastings, um, and some of them are fantastic. Uh, they really are, and, but it's fun. It's a fun process to be involved with. Unless you're in the high school, you don't have a whole lot of time. You know, you're in classes, you're out in and out of classes, you don't have study halls and lunchroom duties and crap like that. And that's that part's not fun because uh, you don't get the time you want with the coaches, and they can't get a hold of you sometimes. And and to try to get kids in the in the in the room with them is is a challenge as well. Uh, and then not knowing the recruiting rules at every level. So some coaches at certain times of the year can't see a kid, uh, can just say hi or bump into them while you have to arrange the bump ins. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. are, they, the accidental- are, they, are they more going through you at that point then? <laughs> yeah, they are for the most part, <laughs> yeah. for the most part. But uh, it's it's a fun process, a challenging one for sure. And uh, yeah, a lot of stories behind that. I, I, love, I love the stories of the accidental run-ins where well, you can't have contact, but Oh, you just happen to be at the same place I am. Well, Standing sure. Line at the dairy <laughs> and show. you know, there's what? <laughs> there's a lot of coaches who are, are uncomfortable with you know meeting the kids because they know it's a rules violation. Mm-hmm. But you know, they want to meet <clears> the kids, so that's on me then to figure out how to get that kid to walk through the room into an office. Say, hey, <laughs> and they, they do a good job of, of spending just a couple minutes. And that's but uh, at certain times of the year, they're not supposed to spend any time except just yeah. say hi, bye, shake a hand, but. There's been some awkward moments, some great moments, but uh, one was, you know, who I love. Frank Solich was a, a good dude, and, and he came through, and he didn't know I was going to have a run-in with a kid that he was recruiting. So I had him walking up the, the uh, to the main main office, and I had the, the kid he was recruiting. And this is at Ohio, right? Yeah, Solich. this is when he was at Ohio, okay. correct. And we had my second year coaching, we had a lineman, a 6'10 lineman that he wanted pretty bad, and and I had uh, the the lineman come out of the science room white when Frank and I were walking by, and, and it was the most awkward interaction I've ever been a part of because Frank, in the five minutes we talked, Frank never looked at the player one time. He looked at me oh the whole goodness. time. How do you not look at somebody? He's, he's well, being the rules follower. Yeah, that's he's being the rules follower. And Frank had an amazing career, and he's a super good dude. But that was the most awkward recruiting interaction I ever had because. <laughs> I'm. I'm now. This kid was six ten, and uh, and Frank Frank's was not. five nine. Yeah, that's right. Not. <laughs> He's not like a tank. <laughs> but Frank's uh, talking to me the whole time, basically telling. Uh, yeah. the player everything about Ohio but I'm going hey Frankie's right there he's up there he's up there, up but there. <laughs> I think Frank felt so uncomfortable with that situation that he didn't want to yeah. want to look and uh, so he didn't want to break any rules you know yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, coaches it's it's different every every coach is different that's that that's funny yeah you know, what, that's one of the th- questions uh, I got specifically no, unfortunately Nebraska has cycled through a lot of coaches lately uh, whether it's assistants or head coaches very unfortunately yes yes uh, what is the process of a new coach? So like a Matt Rule right now, what is the process of a new coach, a new organization, a new program to start the conversation just with people like yourself uh, in local local mm-hmm. high schools yep. uh, where it's like, hey, 
you know, my name is Matt Rule. I, you know, right. I'd like to get to know you guys, and my staff would like to get to know you guys. What can, you know, how can we start this relationship? And yeah. how how does that process kind of start, or sure. does it? I mean, I know, well, you know, depends. there are some coaches that yeah. are stupid, and they it don't. De- but it, it depends on the coach, right? You know, I know from '09, or excuse me, and it's not just Nebraska, but other right like, programs in the area. Like, yeah, the first thing they do when they come is establish recruiting areas, right? Yeah. So Coach Rule will sit down, figure out with the staff, you know, who's going to have Omaha, Lincoln, who's going to have the certain areas of the country, who's going to have Florida, and sometimes there's no rhyme or reason behind it. I mean, they have a reason behind it, but we don't, right? Because yeah. I know Coach Rude, he had the Omaha area. I'm not sure how big that expanded out. I think he had Colorado, but he also had Florida, you know, because that's where he played, and he had a lot of ties down there. So yeah. based on their experience, based on their past, where they played, where they've recruited or coached before, and coaches will get assigned certain areas of the country. Of course, Coach Rule will have to decide what areas of the country they want to emphasize, right? Which he talked a little bit about in his press conference, yep. I think. But uh, like Texas, for example. Well, who's the best recruiter in Texas? Is it going to be him? Well, the head coach only has so many visits, so you have to assign an assistant. Mm-hmm. So who's going to be that guy down there, right? So you have to have a point man in each person of the country, especially for Division One, and that's what he's got to decide based on the coaches that he has, the experience they have, and where they've coached before, and how good of recruiters they are. But yeah. It looks like I noticed just tonight that uh, I think four of the guys he's got coming in were former recruiting coordinators. Yeah, a lot yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. and and, and they're know, all from a certain little a lot spot. To, lot to be said for that. Certain little yeah. spot around the country. Right, right. Got a Jersey guy. We've got a, uh, I think a Carolina guy, a Texas, two Texas guys. Yeah, what? What? That was one of the biggest things. Like ev- almost every single one of them have some sort of whether it's recruiting coordinator, recruiting developer, <clears throat> recruiting whatever on their resume. From top to like, well, every, all, everybody's about that. They all should. I agree. I say that <laughs> yes. doesn't feel like an accident. Thank no, <laughs> I love it. I'm just saying that that's that's mm-hmm. something that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, and so. I, know, I know Coach Rude was in this area as a, as he was assigned the, the Omaha area and Lincoln area simply because that's where he's from, right? So he knows the school is mm-hmm. the best, and that's the decision Coach Frost made at that time. So yeah, that's that's kind of how Coach Rule will go about doing the same thing, trying to put strengths out to areas that they can take advantage of. How do how do those how do those coordinators or the coaches broach that conversation with the high school staff? Is that like a, they're doing an all call? Hey guys, I'd like to get all the head coaches out to uh, mahogany for a, a night of. <laughs> Wouldn't that be and, cool? <laughs> no. Let me give you my pitch. Or how does this work? They just start running from school to school. Really, they're just showing Absolutely. up. Absolutely, yeah. Huh. I mean, going back to our last last thought too. Uh, when Mickey came on staff in the spring, um, he took over the area. Now, what facilitated that? What were the reasons behind that? I don't know. But he he dashed into Omaha and said, there's not one kid getting away from us, you know, type thing. He he understood Nebraska tradition, wanting to make sure the 500-mile radius was, uh, you know, a wall that nobody's going to get Protected, through. Yeah. And he basically came in and said, this is going to be my my area, and there's not going to be a kid that we want that's going to get away. And uh, so that can happen a lot, too. So, you know, priorities get shifted. But uh, now I forgot the question. I, I, I Just how how, how they how they how they broach that conversation with you guys? Oh yeah, really kind of breaking down that door, you know, getting to they, meet you the first. They time. call and say, "Hey, we're coming in at eleven o'clock." It's interesting because some schools will the secretary will call, "Hey, this coach would like to come in at eleven o'clock Tuesday." Well, I got classed until you know two. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. Yeah, listen. that's that's neat. They can sit in the hallway and then yeah. they'll show up at eleven o'clock on Tuesday. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and some are very respectful of our schedules, but they just. How pop. does he feel about accounting? Because oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
you know, I'll be honest. There's a lot of coaches. Uh, I, I can't speak to how many, but if a coach shows up, they'll just pop out of the room and spend whatever time they want with them. Yeah, I, I was never like that. I mean, yeah. I if I had a class till eleven ten, I'd stay in class till eleven ten. The coach would have to wait or talk to one of my assistants. Um, but that's different too, right? Sure. And they get that every school they go to is a little bit different too, and how the coach is going to respond, react. A lot of PE coaches uh, are PE teachers. The coaches are so that gives them a little more flexibility of being in a gym or yeah. in a weight room or whatnot. But Makes uh, sense. Uh, for a content teacher, is a little tough, a little yeah. tougher. But yeah. uh, they just show up. You know, when they come, they just introduce themselves for the first time, which I've had lots over the years. And they just they say, "Hey, I'm taking over the area. I'm going to be recruiting coordinator in this area, whether it be Hastings or whether it be Nebraska." And, and uh, we just go from there. But no, there's no cookouts or steak feeds or <laughs> keggers. Come on, man. That's, I mean, <laughs> you, they got to they got to be giving you. Well, something. there's been promises. They've been saying, "Hey, we're going to have you down. We're going to do this. We're going to do that." But that doesn't always come through either. Oh so. boy. Yeah. So so this was something that kind of came around. And uh, were you around with the, when Callahan was here? Were you Which coaching? Were the years? Oh, I was coaching at Westside. Yeah, okay. but I was uh, my first year head coach was 09. Okay, but I was around Westside since '93. Okay. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was talk around when Callahan got here. That, you know, when they brought in the West Coast offense and fancy schmancy stuff and everything mm-hmm. else like that, that yeah. that they wanted a lot of, they wanted to go to local high schools and wanted them to s- switch their offenses to be able to have players to recruit. Sounds Our, pretty good in theory, doesn't it? it, it I, <laughs> trust me, I, when I heard it, I was like, that's stupid, but, uh, but, but I mean, it's... There's but, a ton of classic stuff like that kind of like... The West Coast does does, does stuff like that happen? Never. I mean, like I said, that was just Never. the talk about how well, that, that's what they wanted to do. But. Yeah, and that's here's another fallacy a little bit. Well, this is regarding Nebraska, but when, when at Westside, we hadn't seen a head coach in the building, I think, that was for, probably for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, a lot of outstate coaches, <laughs> a lot of other coaches, but – um, I've heard no, that. For, I've heard know, that from other local coaches that we don't yeah, see the Nebraska coaches. I mean, not much. We see the the, the assistant coaches, but not yes. the heads. Yeah, and yeah, I've yeah. I've seen a lot of heads throughout the years, but not not a whole lot at the Nebraska level. So hopefully, Coach Rule changes that a little bit. Um, but um, no, no coach has ever come in and talked about scheme, talked about fits into a system. Okay. they're looking for athletes. They're looking for smart kids and. Um, each coach is looking for something that sometimes we don't even know what they're looking for because yeah. they don't ask a lot of questions about the kid other than, hey, can I talk to them? You know, so some coaches are awesome. You know, the ones that the programs I respect the most are the ones that talk to me the most because they ask me the most questions about the kids uh, on and off the field. Um, and I know that they're vetting their kids really well to what they want. Now, if it works for them or not, but uh, at least they're, they're vetting them in the right way. You ever have any interaction with uh, Pat Fitzgerald? No. Northwestern's never come to – I know he's offered some kids before uh, in the area, but I've never had – he's never been through our school. I, I just heard an interview – you talk about some coaches being very thorough and, like, mm-hmm. asking about mm-hmm. kids. I just heard an interview with him back in the day of the Schick and Nick show, and he was on there, and he was like, you know, I like to go into the into the cafeteria when I go mm-hmm. on recruiting sure. visits and basically ask fellow students and teachers, like, how, what what's this kid like? Yeah. You know, and things like that. You well, know? the Stanford's of the world, the uh, military academies of the world, they'll call counselors. You know, they'll ask for two other teachers to call, so they'll do some of that vetting because sure. they want to be thorough in terms right. of character. Probably getting transcripts, the whole thing. Right. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald's house has Chicago, so when you have Chicago at your doorstep, you don't need to come to Omaha, oh, Nebraska no, no, no. to find athletes very often. <laughs> so that's the part. You know, they it's like Nebraska. Will they go to um, Kansas to recruit, or will they go to you know? Uh, New Mexico to recruit. Probably not because yeah. they know where their concentration of athletes are that they want to go after. So that's probably why we haven't seen Pat here a whole lot. But, yeah, he's a stud when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's like, a very thorough guy in a yeah. lot of things. Yeah. Well, he doesn't win very much, but still. Yeah, but right? Just, every he, four he years or so. He shouldn't, and that's why yeah. he, he clearly has a different mindset about some things. Yeah. Well, when you're trying to recruit kids that have to have certain GPAs that and was ACTs, a, no, and, you know, I mean, Stanford. Yeah. Recruiting Stanford, to, yeah. They can't go Northwestern, after Northwestern, Stanford, that's hard. Yeah, they can't yeah. go after a lot of kids they, they yeah. would like to. So yeah, that's tough places to recruit to, Yep, no doubt. I feel like I know the answer to this, sadly, but – Iowa and Nebraska better to better interactions with them from a recruiting standpoint over the last ten You're years. You're not going to want to hear this. <laughs> I, I feel. I said. I feel like I know the answer. You're right. not going to want to hear this. Um, Did he just say and this is no disrespect coach? to Nebraska. Iowa's come into Omaha metro area and plucked some really good players yeah, out of here over really the last good. ten years. Uh, last my last season last year, um, I probably spent over two hours with Coach Friends. Jeez, personal. Um, Coach Friends is the – now, I'm not an Iowa gomer by any means. I mean, I, I respect them. I respect the program a lot. He's the only coach I've ever asked to take a picture with. Wow. Yeah, I've had quite a few through, but I just respected him so much because when he came – I was just going to say that's respect right When there. he came to recruit, um, he wanted to talk to me for a long time, not so much the kid. Because the head recruiter, LeVar Woods, who I have a lot of respect for, tremendous amount of respect for, he'd want to talk to the kids a lot. Um, but they, they came to Omaha a lot. And I, they were in our building more than any other coaching staff, Division One, uh, the last two years. Uh, we need to far. we need to pluck that clip out and just tag Matt Rule on that, like <laughs> every fifteen minutes for well, the next two years. So, so I, you don't have to respond to this, and I, that's th- just fact. I'm not. You yeah, know, no, 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 no. Everybody I, I out there that has to understand. Case. I'm a Husky, huge yep, Husker yep. fan. And He's I'm wearing a Nebraska them. sweatshirt right now. Yeah, guys. I went. To he did not require he wear that. So, so just talking truth. As a Nebraska fan and a and a Iowa hater, I will just ask the question. You don't have to say a word. So, is Brian Ferentz as much of a douche as we all think he is? <laughs> <laughs> we can just go on from there. I've That's never fine. met him. I've okay. never met him. <laughs> I've never met him because we we, we hate him because yeah. he's he just he likes to pop his mouth off. Yeah, so he, I, I hear that. But no, he doesn't I, pop his offense. Lavar Lavar no. Wood, who's uh, recruiting in this area, um, is here a lot. I mean, I taught. I spent. Uh, he came to visit one of our games this year. Um, that I was on the sideline. Him and I were standing side by side pretty much the whole game. You know, and he's just a fantastic man. Um, he was talking the whole time about his son being playing in a football game that night and how hard it was to be away from him, but he had to be at Westside because he was recruiting three of our guys, and that's uh, that's dedication. Yeah. But uh, it's pretty special too. Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head how many guys you've had go D1 just in the time that you were head coach? Well, it wasn't many because from 2009 to uh, 2020, I only had two. Holy cow. Yeah. So I had a kicker uh, that went to Northern Illinois, and then the, the big man I told you about before, Nate Scold, went to Tulane uh, in, in 2010. And then, of course, we had four in 2020. So we didn't have a whole lot, um, yeah. to be honest with you. And that's we kind of prided ourselves on being able to perform at a pretty high level without those guys. But uh, 2020, we had four. You know, we had Cole Payton and Kate Haberman, uh, who went to Northern Illinois. Cole Payton, North Dakota State. Of course, that's FCS. Um, Is he still up there? Oh, yeah. He's okay. kind of their next guy. Yeah. yeah. That, that's... Uh, by the way, Nebraska called the day after the state championship to see if he was available. Of course. Of course. Jesus. Kind of like the kicker. Sounds like kind of like well, the kicker yeah. this year. <laughs> we won't go there. That was that was disappointing. I, I think uh, that young man, not only is he a great quarterback, he could probably be an NFL tight end, uh, linebacker, that kind of thing. But sure. uh, Anyway, kind of missed on him. But uh, we also had Colby Bretz, who's at Nebraska, um, and Avante Dickerson at Oregon. So. 
Nice. Yeah, so it's been a pretty nice string since 2020. And he's still at Oregon, right? Yep. yep. Okay. He redshirted this year. I'd heard that there was talk about him possibly transferring, so I just nope, know. No talk, and I was just up there about a month and a half ago, spent some time with him. Nice. And, uh, no, he's doing great. Just had a little tweak of the hamstring before the season, so he decided to redshirt. So mm. should be sitting pretty good next year. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, looks like he needs a, a refresher, I think. So while you work on that, I'm going to get Jed started. No, you don't, you don't, you don't need to do that. Yeah, anyway. Thanks, well, Joe Rogan, this go ahead and just let the let yeah. the juices flow. He pushes the buttons and is the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> Jed, what have you thought? What, what are your thoughts on the on uh, the just the assistants that have been announced so far? Satterfield's my big one that I'm super excited about. So I don't want to be like a buzzkill at all, but I will just say here it comes. No, <laughs> I, first of all, I have not looked super deep into the assistants just yet because. I, I'm kind of waiting for the full staff to be sure. announced. But Satterfield looks great, and I understand he ended on a two-game you know, high. Super high note, yeah. With Tennessee and uh, Clemson. But at the same time, you know, this is a team that is ninth in the conference in rushing, uh, like eighth in the conference in total offense. Um, he was at the end of a two-year contract at South Carolina that was not going to be asked to come back. Uh, so, I mean, maybe... Did They're we, ninth in total offense in their conference with 1,100 yards in the last ninth two in, games? Ninth in rushing, I believe. I, I, something like that. It was... It, they were bottom half in, in offense on all of the offensive stats. Wow. They had two really great, great, great games, and I'm not taking anything away from that, but... For the majority of the season, the South Carolina fans wanted were ready for him to go. So, how again? <clears throat> we don't know how that will translate. Hoping for the best, but uh, like I said, as far as the rest of the guys, I, I didn't. Re- I haven't really de- delved too much too deep into it, other than like what Brett was saying earlier about. There's a lot of recruiting guys on this staff. A lot of recruiting so, guys. A lot of guys with dual titles. Yeah. I, I I like that. I'm not. Used I like to the that. running backs coach. The running backs coach took a uh, UConn team from like averaging like three point five yards two per point, carry, two point four, and now they average like four point five or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever it was. Yeah. Like the running back coach at least uh, upped his uh, the 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 ability at UConn. So that's obviously promising. Granted, we need an offensive line also to help with that. It was also on an awful UConn so, team. Well, yeah, but they still average over four yards of carry. I'll, you know, I'll take yeah. that. Well, he's, he's he, two years prior. He he was in the NFL. Yeah, that's the big thing for me. Even if you have bad NFL experience, you still have NFL experience. Well, and as bad as UConn was, they were like top forty rushing offense. So, yeah, they sucked, but <laughs> running the ball, they were pretty good. So, well, so or at least you, effective. Do you put that on the coordinator? Or do you put that on the players you have? Right. Yeah. Yep. And you kind of think you just say <laughs> that's yes. the variable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's six of one, half dozen of the be, other. Could be it's both. A group right. On yeah. That one. Yeah. Hundred percent. Have you looked into the assistance at all that much? No, but I but I think you know you you guys listen to the press conference of Rule and and he sent a message out. We and you guys may get into this <laughs> later too about some of the transfers and the portal guys jumping into the portal. He sent a message at a press conference that people are going to work really hard. Yeah. And I, it reminded me when I was back in college, and you guys may had college classes too, where the instructor came in the first day and scared the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. They're like, they put You're it, not getting an A This is how much class. work you're going to – absolutely. This is what's going to happen. This is, And the next day there would be half the people gone. 
And uh, I I see a little bit of that right now. I see oh, yeah. Rule the way he he wants to come in and he says we're going to work like dogs. We're going to work hard. And I just have I always put a lot of faith in people. I had faith in Frost when he first started. I had faith in <laughs> I did because too. that's the generation I'm from, you know. But yep. I understand the last twenty years. How can anybody have faith in in this situation? Right. But but I I just uh, believe that he's going to put a staff together that's going to work super hard. Um, that's aligned with his views. Um, one of the things he said in the press conference the other day that impressed me too was alignment from president all the way down. Yes. Mm-hmm. And just speaking from a high school coach, you know, when you have a superintendent, when you have a principal and an AD that's aligned with you, it's powerful and it changes the game. If you have anybody in that string that's either not on board or going a different direction, uh, it's difficult to, to operate. It doesn't matter what play you call or how many kids you recruit, it's difficult to operate. So, Well, it runs all the way down through all the assistance that you have too. 100%. And that's – and he, so he's aligning himself with those guys. So I haven't looked into any one of them in particular in terms of – I just read their basic resume that I see on social media sure, and things yeah. like that. But I, I, he, I think he's bringing in workers, um, tireless workers, and I'm not sure if the last staff had that, you know, um, all the time. But I have faith in that. So I'm hoping I'm hoping for the best. There's no guarantee it's going to work, but one no. thing we know, it's they're going to work their ass off to – try well i think the players are getting the message they're going to have to too mm-hmm. and i think that's why we see some unexpected kids jumping in the portal because yeah. uh just like that professor scared the hell out of me and i decided to stay in the class um some guys are jumping because they don't want to hear that that's coming so far there's one unexpected guy that i for me in the portal that the, you're talking about house one yeah i was shocked yeah. but like yeah. i think everybody is <laughs> well, like you well they're talking about why right and that's could be one theory and this, that's what we're talking about here is theories is yeah some kids don't like hearing that because uh you know they're gonna have to reprove themselves i mean well, i know heinrich and reimer are coming back next year or at least scheduled to come back because they're juniors and sophomores but so he'd still be a backup and he played a lot this year and did really well. But I don't know, though, based on the way he the played time, the like, half the season, that he would be that much of a backup. I'm just saying, Heinrich and Reimer are kind of going into the going into the off season. They have a stranglehold on because they are that good. It's just they were injured and everything else. So I mean, I get that as if you want to say playing time, but also, I mean, you proved that you could, you deserved a spot somewhere on the field. Yeah, like whether you create one or, mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of created one with their. Uh, with uh, that uh, Isaac Gifford position that they the nickel position that they kept you know putting yeah. out there constantly. Right. Granted, I'm not saying Isaac Gifford should get off the field, but at the same time, you know, if you're good enough, they're going to find a spot for you on the field. Well, and Houseman has done to me done enough to at least try to find somewhere. Yeah, he actually shocked me. You know, seeing him as a high school player, um, of course, it's 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 a lot different where he come from and and what level he had to play at. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see his success this year. Obviously, his first few games were pretty rough. They were. But the other conclusion you draw is putting a <laughs> thousand ex- missed tackles. Yeah, yeah. Inexperienced young man on the field that yep. goes to the development that the program or lack exactly. of development that we saw in that program because yep. that to put a kid like that on the field that early in the season. And you wonder where the rest of the recruits were the last three or four years. And that was disappointing. But he certainly stepped up the plate and became a pretty profound, you know, a great um, young player as the season went along. So, yeah, it was, it was disheartening to see him leave. But, you know, maybe it's expectations. He's um, – who knows? Well, that's – we were talking about that right before you got here even that uh, – I think there's going to be certain guys that I, I, I mentioned earlier today. I was having the conversation with somebody I work with that – 
there's a lot of dead weight on our roster mm-hmm. that just simply got a pass and, and got a free seat because they're either a Nebraska kid or somebody saw something in them that probably didn't see the right thing. And, you know, it's kind of the – I go back to the jokes that Mickey would make when he was getting asked about some of the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And, oh, are, are those guys going to get a look? And he just he he straight up would laugh at a press conference. Like, first of all, that's very <laughs> diminishing to the kid. feel bad for you, but – that's a pretty pretty sure sign that you're, like, you're not going to get any playing that, time. They're not was, ready. That was the exact opposite of Scott Frost. He was yeah. he was out here praising everybody on his roster, and he'd talk about guys for three or four minutes that then wouldn't see the field he, for the next He'd go few five days. minutes about because Matt Nasker if he was ever going to see the field. And like, so, Dude, just stop. That's exactly right. I think we have guys who aren't <laughs> going to see the field that are taking up yeah. scholarships right now. And that's – I'm not saying that's the same thing with Houseman, but I, I think that – there's going to be a pretty clear vision for these guys, and and they're going like we don't even know who the D coordinator is yet. Yeah, but I think Rule knows what he's going to be looking for, and he's probably having these conversations with these kids, saying, "Hey, get your name out there because there might not be a spot for you on this team." Hey, well, we're, the, we're, we're we're recruiting specifically at this position. We're looking at transfer guys at this position. You might not make the cut, and that go could, get your name out. That there. could be what House was. I mean, he could just be searching, and maybe he'll come back. Who knows? But. You know, we'll see. How many kids we've seen do that? Well, we actually had, <laughs> had a kid well, do it twice last year. Yeah, we did. We uh, what's uh, his Fel- name? Feldarius Payne. Yeah, he okay. entered the transfer portal. Then he came back, and then about how that work out? For and him? then he ended up transferring back to, and then he transferred to Virginia Tech. I'm just saying it happens. Sure, sure. Yeah, you're I'm right, not saying yeah. it's likely or anything else like that. I'm just saying it's. But also, yeah. what kind of message that does that send as a player? If you're yep. like, I got one foot out the door. I agree. And then you come back. What are you telling your teammates there? Well, from a psychological standpoint, too, just think it, the, the players were just dressed, what, two days ago, three days ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they made an immediate decision what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. They haven't even seen yet who their coaches are going to be, how things are going to roll. They had a meeting with a head coach, and within two days later, they're, they're throwing their name in the portal, which is their right, their prerogative, and everything else. But there's certainly uh, something that he talked about in that meeting that, that uh, scared him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, one way or the other, either good or bad, whatever that is. Yep. But I'm I'm pretty sure he's coming in with an iron fist saying we're going to go to work. Yeah, uh, which might be a little bit different than. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's a negative on the kid. It doesn't right. mean it's a negative on the coach. It's right, wrong, or indifferent, good or bad, whatever. Something in there t- said I got to get the hell out of here. Yep. Another thing for me too that I think maybe a, a little bit of a shift in just ideals at the collegiate level is what NIL is doing with the, along with the transfer portal. Some of these kids are being forced to make a quote-unquote business decision, something that you'd hear an NFL player typically talk about way earlier than they normally would. You're looking at all these guys that are talking about sitting out the bowl games that are meaningless and all this stuff that normally, you know, five even five years ago, you wouldn't hear of kids sitting out bowl games. And now it's, oh, it's a business decision. I can't do it. It's a meaningless bowl game. I can't do it. You know, C.J. Stroud's talking about not if they don't make the playoff, they're, he's not going to be, be in the bowl game. The, it's uh, crazy. the Kentucky quarterback just said he's probably not going to play in the, the bowl game. Yeah, the NIL games change things a little bit, and it's for each each kid's different, right? Because I've had a Division One football coach that sat in my in my room with a recruit and tell him how valuable his name is and how much money he could make by coming to that school to play. Wow, 
I don't know if that's against NCAA violations or <laughs> not. That's why I'm not saying any names. <laughs> sure, that's but yeah. it's a Keep real it's yeah. a real thing. But on the other hand, considering schools are not allowed to facilitate <laughs> that, that, that's it, that's adjusting very quickly. <laughs> that's why I'm keeping it very cryptic. Exactly. <laughs> but it's it's and real. You right? coached at Gretna, right? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> <it's not. laughs> um, Wait, it, no, it, no, <laughs> your, your rival was prep. He coached at prep. No. <laughs> I, I, was, I was specifically talking about last year's no, game. I certainly I, didn't coach for prep. No, I, <laughs> I didn't mean to insult you. I'm sorry. No insult. No insult. <laughs> but uh, that's that's a real deal. And to see some of the local kids, you know, I see Malachi Coleman opened up his uh, – yep. And Hausman, you know, NIL to them is pretty huge being Nebraska kids. Well, yeah. I know, yeah, I know really it's is. been big for Coleman. But it also goes to say that that must not mean much to them. So you, you can't always say kids are chasing it because obviously their best prospects for NIL money would be staying in state. But if they're choosing to leave the state, well, that must not be a big motivator for yeah. them. And, and hats yeah. off to them too. It doesn't have to be for all kids, which mm-hmm. is, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. And, well, and again, to be fair to Malachi Coleman, that he reopened his thing. Again, it doesn't mean he's not coming here. More it very not, well, it very I'm well could just mean he doesn't know what he's doing now exactly. because he was going with Mickey, and Mickey ain't going to be coaching anymore. Yeah. Right. So now he's got to actually go through recruiting. Wait, process. he's not going to be coaching? Okay. There's no chance. <laughs> nope. Not talk. Not going there. I'm just saying. Can you, can yeah. You that from prison. <laughs> <laughs> We're not laughing about what Mickey. No, did. no, 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 no. Sorry. No. Sorry. Mickey, for Bad all, joke, whatever. For all the current events that's happened, rewind. Mickey was a tremendous person in the room, though. I mean, he yeah. really was with recruiting. And everything you heard about him. As a recruiter. As a recruiter is exactly. true. And I, think, I, I got to experience that. So that was uh, – it was just sad to hear, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, It's an unfortunate waste of talent is what it is. Because, yeah. he, obviously, he was a great developer, too. Yeah. You look at Justin Jefferson, who was the – we were arguing about – I don't know if it's the 1003 or 2003 – Number recruit in the class and to find a guy like that and turn yeah, him into Jefferson, the best, yeah. turn him into the best wide receiver in the NFL. It's crazy. I, like I said, all I know is it, it, he was in the thousands. I don't know what, it, whatever Mickey said. It was like <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> and now he's the best receiver in the league. <laughs> okay. Do you have any? Do you have any predictions or expectations for the first year under rule for Nebraska? I'm not a big prediction guy. It's it's going to look better than it did this year. Yeah, I think he'll low play. bar. He'll have him play. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you recognized that, didn't you? <laughs> Let me set this on the tee here for you. <laughs> I think you're going to see the kids. You know, I think the last half of the season when Mickey and Bill Bush and those guys took over, uh, you saw the kids playing a lot harder. I think yeah. you're going to see the continuation of that. Um, there's going to be a lot more continuity in the staff. Obviously, it was a very difficult situation that Mickey jumped into. You know, and. Having coordinators, uh, having coaches that he didn't recruit, that he had to simulate to, and so even to get the the train rolling like they did the last half of the season with Mickey, that was, that was a pretty difficult thing to do. That won't happen next year. They're going to be pretty coordinated from this point forward. So I think you're going to see a Nebraska team that's going to be competitive. So my prediction: they're going to be a lot more competitive next year. Uh, did they go five and five? Absolutely, they'll go five hundred or better. No question about it. I, in my mind, you think a bowl game is easy, easy to get to I, next yes, year? Yes. I mean, I, I hear their schedule is pretty weak, so that helps. it does. It is <laughs> well, the, not the a bowl begin, prediction. The beginning is pretty easy, but. but you know, coaches can come in right away and turn attitudes, motivations, and they have a whole off season to get kids to the point where they're thinking and working differently. Right. And when you do that, and it's not like they lack talent down there; they got talent. They do. Uh, a talent to win uh, conference championships? No. 
but they got talent to win and win in the conference and win enough games to go to a bowl. So no question. They bowl. got talent to win 50% of their games. Yes, sir. So no question. They'll go to a bowl next year. Um, I, I say seven, seven. Let's step. I mean, that's, we were talking about it uh, on Monday after that press conference. Should we throw 20 in a pool and see we how we do? <laughs> hey, I'm, down. I'm getting everybody who picks four and above a Kool-Aid t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking the roulette, oh, roulette t-shirt. Yeah, yeah roulette t-shirt. Yeah. Still mad I didn't get to that faster. <laughs> that, that was, was good, guys. Husker Hounds beat you to it. Yeah, yeah, they did. Oh, did they? Made did they I, I saw a picture of it today. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, so gotta move quick, guys. Move quick. <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite have the manufacturing availability. <laughs> no, <laughs> babe, you gotta get that cricket rolling. I do. <laughs> We got a whole store at Westside. They'll take crank it up pretty quick. Yeah, yeah nice. Now you tell us, man. I need to know about this sooner. <laughs> you should have invited me last week. Matt's been holding out. <laughs> we really appreciate you being here, man. This oh, has been fun. You. Yeah, um, a lot of great insight. Truly, like there's some stuff that I just I didn't even know how it actually worked. So that was really cool to hear about. Do you have anything? Any other final and, thoughts? And it on sucks you? that it was so bad. Semi recently. Oh, I had one more question. Not even I'm, I'm just glad you didn't ask me a lot of in-depth questions because I didn't know. If I, I didn't want to get. I didn't want to get. <laughs> oh, I, I got good. questions. Get too into the sauce on that, man. I don't. I don't want to get too into that. I did want to ask you though. I meant. I meant to yeah. ask this. I don't know. I. I didn't go back and look at your record over all your years at Westside as a head coach or anything like that. But did you ever have any years that were a little more tumultuous like this year for us? And end on a high note, beating Iowa the way that we did. How big of a motivator, how big of a, a momentum shift is that for you heading into an off season? Well, our, is it worth what well, they the, talk my, about? My first year at, at, in '09, we went one and eight, and Westside hadn't had a losing season since 1993. Ouch. So it was difficult. Now I'm going into all the reasons why. I mean, did we coach well enough? No. Did we have talent? Not necessarily. But we went. The second game, the third game of the second year. Um, so it's not the, like the end of the year like Iowa, but we were one and one year two, um, and we went to play prep. Tom Jorisky's last year, and uh, we scored with on a seventy-three yard run with forty-four seconds left. Nice to win the game against Tom against Tom Jorisky, legend of oh, Omaha yeah. football. Yes, um, and that turned our program around. Um, I went to grade just, school with one of his sons. So, did you? Uh, yeah. I kn- yeah. But that was that was a momentum changer for us that gave us confidence. Not only the new staff that I had, but uh, also the kids that hey, we can we got this back. We're West Side. We can do this. And so we went seven and three that year, and we rolled ever since and never had a losing season. So um, yeah, th- these things happen. Um, I'm not sure if Rule will come in and preach about that though. I mean, obviously ending on a high note is always good. Yeah, but he's going to set expectations that were a hell of a lot better than just beating Iowa. Well, that's one of the biggest things I've talked about all season, and we talked about it even at the end of last year. These kids just don't know how to win, and they're uncomfortable in a winning position. You saw it in the Wisconsin game. You saw it in the Minnesota game. And I felt like you started to see it in the Iowa game, but luckily we had a big enough pad that they just didn't get it done to to take it over again. Well, a lot of these kids come from winning programs, so it's tough for for them to lose. And and it takes – when you lose, it takes a lot of – support around the team to make sure your your vision and your goals are still positive when we went one and eight my first year we honestly and this is probably naivete and uh, maybe a little ego we never thought we were going to lose a game because we just we stayed positive we supported the kids even though we were losing uh, and we were used to winning um, we went eight games losing we always thought we were going to win the next game and you can instill that mentality so it was a fun year. We actually had a good year. It was tough to lose, but um, 
if you have that mentality of that you're going to come back, support the team, show some love, and know that things are going to be great down the road, kids will buy in and stay there with you. You know, but yeah, these kids the last few years kind of got ground down. They didn't know how to how to make it happen. Yeah, and I'm not sure when they were looking for answers from their leaders. I'm not sure what they got. You yeah. Know? Uh, I, I'm sh- they're good men. I know the coaches down there. I've, you know Bill Bush and all those guys. I've talked with them, met them, know them. They're good people. Uh, but who knows what the mix was down there when it came to none of them were used to losing, right? And uh, so when things go sour, it takes special people to really keep the positive energy, you know, the support and love around a team that makes makes it happen. So, so I, I don't know if this is a hot button question or not. You know, you, you kinda, ask anything. You kind of said you, we didn't ask very well. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe may a tough question. Here. Jed's like, oh, <laughs> not in depth. Let's go. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know, one of the reasons why I asked the question earlier about you know what is the head coach a new head coach do to create that dialogue back and forth between uh, local coaches, and I and I think that. It's great that you talked about how like Barrett Rood was in charge of Omaha and the Lincoln area, and you have these certain coaches that are in charge of certain areas. I think it's important, in a, in especially in a state like Nebraska, that the head coach at least makes his face visible. Um, and I know an assistant coach in the in the city that knows Frost very well that always would say, "Dude, we need to see your face in the in the in the school." So how many times did you see Scott Frost's face? Coach came to Westside uh, two times. Okay. Um, but backing up a little bit, you know, what Coach Rule, when he came in, one of the things he talked about, which was definitely different than Scott, right or wrong, was my family's going to be in the community. That night, of yep. course, they took him to the restaurant. Yep. Uh, the other thing he talked about was personal and, and Frost's first day was, don't talk about my family. My right. family's so, outside. Jesus, it's like. just different, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to criticize. My wife doesn't even like me. And, and back then, who knows what was going on maybe well, down in Central reasons, Florida. But, but um, <laughs> one of the things that I got out of the press conference as a coach, too, is he really emphasized the fact that he was sitting down not only with the team, but with every single player. And not all coaches do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they like some like to be CEOs. Uh, I know a very prominent coach – on the East Coast, that uh, or excuse me, West Coast, Division One coach has got a pretty successful program, but he he doesn't even show up to practice all the time. And the player that we had out there never met with him one time. So you can tell Coach Rule is going to meet with each player. He he said he would, and start establishing relationships, which is the foundation of every good team is that you got relationships with your kids. And it sounds like he he's going to do that. He's not afraid to put himself out there, his family out there. He wants to be part of the community, and that's a pretty great start. I thought it was concern. interesting to hear that he had spent over an hour on the phone with Casey Thompson. Yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, and Sa- I'm sure sounds like he kind of sat down with the at least talked to the captains. Like he the, talked the leaders, to Garrett Nelson. Yeah, yeah. He talked to Casey Thompson. And but stuff what like says that. what that says too is he thinks enough of him that that I'm sure when he got here to Lincoln that he probably sat down with him even longer or at least one on one to make sure hey yeah. I want you back because yeah, that's, that's the kid can play. Yeah. I think he the can. kid can play and I think the kid can win for us. Uh, he, he really if you'd can. put an offensive line in front yeah, of him. I was just it would have been say. real fun to see what he could have done. <laughs> no doubt about that. He never had one in Texas and he sure as hell didn't have one here this year. Agreed I'd love to see him back next year. <laughs> I I had a lot of questions on him coming in, and he answered a lot of them. So, well, he's also like, he, obviously at twenty five, you're graduating with a master's degree. Yeah, you you have the whole world in front of you. You can go do whatever you want to. He decides to come back and play football. I think he's got one thing on his mind, and that's I really did have high hopes of getting to the NFL. 
Let's see if I can do it. Let's mm-hmm. let's give it one more shot. Well, I, I heard people were questioning his leadership too, right? Well, no, we t- we talked about that at the beginning of the season, th- and that's interesting because maybe he came in and set the expectations a hell of a lot higher than the people before him, and maybe the people around him, including coaches. Yeah. But when that happens, you're going to run into roadblocks, and so for us fans, we hear about the roadblocks. But for an internal person to hear, you know, a kid that comes in, hey, I want to be this. I want to be a team that's great. I want to be a championship team. I want to go to the pros. Maybe that's not talked about as much as it should be. So you kind of have to look at it from a different lens in terms of uh, when when people talk about maybe he wasn't the best leader, he he didn't get voted captain. I know that was a big Mm -hmm. deal, right? That was, yeah. Well, he was number one new to the program. And if if you're, you know, busting chops, because you want people to get better, maybe you're not very popular yeah. early on. Sometimes success and scares people. So it's a different perspective, right? And uh, so I'd love to see him stick around. Yeah. I really would. Well, yeah. and one of the other things we've talked about before, uh, Marcus Washington, the wide receiver, and Oshan Mathis, the defensive end, contacted Casey before they made the decision to transfer here. I was like, what do you think? And he and his, Casey's response was, I trust Mickey. And that was one of the deciding factors of them transferring up here. You know, it's not just what Casey said. It's the fact that you have players going to him mm-hmm. asking, hey, what do you think about this place? And that was the power of Mickey's words to him. Well, yes. Washington was playing with him already yeah. in Texas. Yeah. But to have Mathis, who maybe they knew yeah. each other, maybe they didn't. I guess they played, you know, whatever, 16 in miles the, away from in, each other. Yeah, or whatever. Same so I think a profound thing that we can take away here is, is uh, if, if he stays, then you know Rule has gotten to him to say, yeah. this yeah. is how special this can be. And if he buys into it, we know it's something special. And and I had said before all this stuff with Mickey just happened, um, no matter what happens with Mickey, even if Mickey leaves, and of course it, Mickey leaving means a lot of people will transfer out. But I think that if even if Mickey leaves and Casey stays, I think that could be a glue where huge a lot of people huge want to stay I because right. I think Washington will stay if, if, if Casey stays for sure. I, I'm not trying to say who or what. I'm just talking about he is he might not be a captain, but he is a leader of that team for sure. When you're a quarterback, you have field. to be. Yeah, if you're a good football team, your quarterback has to be a yeah. leader. It doesn't yeah. have to be you know always the, the the voice leader, but he's a leader in the locker room, leader on the practice field. That's that's important mm-hmm. certainly on game day. Well, the pitch, the pitch I think that Rule has is, hey, our whole philosophy is if you're going to play for us, you you need to expect to play for the NFL. Mm-hmm. You need to, that that needs to be your next goal is going he on said to the NFL. That. He said it two or three different times when he's talked. Like, we want he even said it on the college the game NFL. day. He even said it on that game day yep. interview that he did, and that that has to speak volumes to a guy like Casey if he does actually have those aspirations of moving on to the next. Now, level. you know every kid thinks he can go to the NFL. I was gonna right? say what kid <laughs> playing in college? Every kid thinks he that w- now. How many Alabama guys go to the NFL? A lot, right? Yeah. So if you get to that sure. level or you push to that level, you know you strive for perfection. You never get there, but if you you might be ex- you might get to the point of excellence, and that's that's awesome. And that's what Alabama's gotten to, right? They have so many draft picks every single year, yeah. and that's why they're at the top of the of the uh, the chain every single year as well. So, if Rule sets that expectation and voices that, that's that's at least a great great thing to strive for. Yeah. That's been something that hasn't been talked about around here for a long time. Well, they talked about when Callahan came in because he was a pro coach, and yeah. he's going to run a pro system which will get guys to the pros. But uh, you have to recruit mm-hmm. pro football players. Yeah, uh, Callahan it's, it's, was four coaches ago. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's a reason guys are five and four star, and it's not because some some uh, raider rates them that. It's because they're talented kids, and that's who you got to go out and get. And it's, at Nebraska, it's a tough thing. So there's some development that has to happen there, but uh, you got to go out and get talent and then develop them. 
and that's well, and we missed that. You know, you, you talked about how Matt Rule is all about hard work. I think that's what Casey Thompson is all about. He's all about hard work. I, I agree with you there. He yeah. wants to put in the work, whether it's on the field or in the film room or whatever else. He talks about watching film all the time. Oh, he's he's, like, he's I feel Saturday. like he is kind of a Matt Rule type guy. Now like, you're sitting in the corner right now. If I came in with punching gloves and just beat the shit out of your face, would you want to go to work the next day? Because that's I don't exactly go to work what he t- tomorrow anyway. But. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what he's done all year. He gets yeah. back there no, in the pocket and he's gets the shit kicked yeah, out of him, yeah. and he comes back the next week and wants to play hard. And I know that's part of an athlete, but that's what's happened to him. Yes. Yeah. And for a kid that came from Texas. To hear and then get battered like he has and still want to pound away every week. Yeah. He's well, just, he's and, and he hasn't shown his first. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there that get beat up the way that he does. They'll get up the yell, yelling, us, yelling at their linemen. Yep. Yeah. Yelling at, I mean, Bryce Benhart. Jesus Christ, man. Right. Come on. You're a giant. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Jesus, you pussy. Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm off, <laughs> way off. That's, that's but pretty mild. He makes me so mad to watch play. <laughs> but you're, you're right. But, but Casey never he never stood up in a press conference and nope. said, "Guys, my offensive line sucks. Yep. I, I don't have two seconds to throw the well, ball." Not just what that, you, you didn't see it on the sideline either. No, you didn't see him get like, mad. You at see guys. that a lot on sideline. You saw him. Right? You saw him holler at receivers every yeah. once in a while. But he had that relationship with them. Exactly. Him and Trey would yell at each other on the sideline every once in a while. I, I was I was saying it to you like about how I think Casey might transfer out, and you're like, well, he's not going pro. I'm like, well, no, but so why would he leave? I go, would you want to continue to get your ass kicked with this yeah. offensive line? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd almost want to leave too. But again, I I think he might be. I mean, he's tough as hell. So who knows? I hope he stays. That's all I can. I, th- I think our our success next year depends on that because yes. who's going to step in and be successful that quick? It's going to be quite a learning curve. Even the guys that are down there, it's quite a learning curve. You know, in mm-hmm. the big Big Ten to come in right away and and be successful. If he's here, that's a huge piece to be able to be successful early in the season to get huge momentum. Yep. You win your first two or three games, and all of a sudden now you're on a roll and you got confidence in, in everything else. So if he's not there, now you're starting the other guys, right, who don't have as much experience. It's going to be a huge learning curve for them. You get behind the eight ball early, and that could change your season at least uh, the first half. So. Him staying, I think, makes a big difference Absolutely. in terms of our, our uh, well, next, I, next I year's performance. I hope we get an answer on that soon because I think there's going to be a handful of talented dudes out there in the transfer portal that are gettable that would be a Casey Thompson type from last year that, who knows, maybe it would be a guy following an offensive coordinator. <clears throat> you don't know what it might be. but Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Well, please no. <laughs> he said the same thing. <laughs> please no. Well, that's a dude who's not a leader and is, no. and is now, a jerk. Now, well, you know, we all saw his high school stuff, right? <laughs> well, I, we watched him during the Nebraska game but, last year. But, you know, we all changed from his senior year to high school to college. Yeah. Most. But that's the thing. If he's changed, evolved, and matured, that's one thing if he hasn't. If Spencer's still the Spencer he was, it's a big if. Uh, then that's not the type of person you want to build a culture around. And I don't, I'm yeah. not trying to, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. But but that's that's what you got to evaluate, right? And mm-hmm. That's why now, he was getting sat down last year. But I'm not sure Oklahoma. Spencer can 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 he transfer. He's The portal only happens one time. Yeah, but I, I think it's something about if you get coach a release change. from the school Co- and coach coaching change. changes. There's there's yeah. so many different under rules. So if Spencer is, is uh, now about the team over himself, then, then I welcome him. If he's still about Spencer, then of course that's not the kind of chemistry and culture that Coach Rule wants to probably no. develop yeah. here. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing during that during that Tennessee blowout. 
you saw him on the sideline. He w- it was like watching an ace pitcher throwing a no hitter going to the dugout. He was sitting all by himself. There was nobody around. Him. Not a good sign. <laughs> Not a good sign at all. Well, that's two things, right? That and and we talk about body language all the time to kids. We talk about how you interact with your with your teammates, not just in pri- or and during games, it's in practice, in school. And if you're alone, there's two things that are happening. Either you want to be alone or no one wants to come and talk to you. And that's neither one of those is good. <laughs> so that's typically as far as a coach goes, I'd be having a meeting with him and talking about what's what are the reasons here? Is it you? Is it the team? Is it the coaches? But uh that's not a good sign. I didn't see that, but just yeah. any player who sits yeah. by themselves in a game and no one's coming to talk to them or they're not talking to anybody else for an extended period of time, that's a problem. Yeah. No, I, I we were we were actually at a like a, a housewarming party and it was on in the living room and I, I was watching and there this is at the point there. This is mid fourth mid late fourth quarter. They're blowing him out full blown. And he's water cooler standing there watching what's going on on defense all by himself. Like not another person in the picture. I was like, that is weird. Mm. For a, for a dude who's thrown five touchdowns today, that is a weird sign. Something about yeah, pitcher speaks a thousand words. Something yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> so no, we're okay. I think uh, we keep Casey. We'll be good shape. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but that's big, right? If we hear if we hear him jumping in, that's yeah. going to be scary. Yeah. Well, and again, I, I'll, I'll lower my prediction level. I, I think it's, I think again, it's <laughs> it's, it's not in. just big. <laughs> now it's a three. <laughs> it's locked in. Damn it. It's, it's, it's not just big wings. because of who he is, but I think again, I think it's big because I think other players will stay because of him. I think you're so. right. Yeah, he's a talented young man. Well, yeah, and very I think talented. With the transfer portal, you see other players who will consider Nebraska who maybe aren't. Yep. If he's not there, I agree. You got anything else? I got nothing else that I can think of off the top of my head. Or anything more about any of the the staff that might be coming? No. Honestly, no. As far as the defensive coordinator stuff, a lot of people are just saying maybe the guy is coaching this weekend. That's why we're not hearing anything. I've n- oh, Vance, e- either that or uh, might have to yeah. wait till January. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> not probably not that guy anymore, especially with his brother. But uh, yeah. either that Good or point. Uh, Jeff Collins, who just got fired as the head coach from Georgia Tech, uh, who was the defensive coordinator under Rule uh, at Temple. Ooh. ooh. So really, I mean, he wasn't connecting very, the dots. He wasn't yeah. a good head coach, but he's a very good defensive coach. So he's unemployed right now. So who knows? Well, Were you talking about Frost? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was Party. Matt, listeners. <laughs> what, what part? What party you supposed to get on a no. Thursday night? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, let's let's bring Frost in as the defensive coordinator. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Start off the season with the whole fan base booing. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That, well, we would, really that appreciate- would be actual boos, not rules. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you say actual boos. No, 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 no. no. They're actually booing now. <laughs> that was. I think you scared the crap out of him when you I yelled know. that. I know I did. He's, he literally, like, all this, he just has this one slight second of a look. <laughs> Every, everybody started going, rule. I go, and as everybody calmed down, I go, it's okay. They're not booing. They're just saying your name. But you didn't say it like that. You no, were I, screaming I it over the crowd. And you were like 10 steps in front of him. So he, he got the full Did he blast. react? Did he react? Oh, he I'll show like... you the video. He does. He, he gives him one of these. I was going to say, he seems like he's pretty ready for the fan base. I don't know if he's ready for Jid. No. Yeah. Who is? Who is? I don't you know. know. I think he's I'm surprised. cool with everybody else, but that guy, he's intense. <laughs> I think he's surprised by the fan base. I mean, I, I, 
I think it's a lot more intense. I think everybody experienced the intensity a lot more than they expected. And I read an article today, just the fact last weekend, uh, I'm not sure who did the article, but what he experienced uh, talking to Trev, you know, coming to Lincoln and seeing what's going on. And, you know, Lincoln's a pretty unique place, mm-hmm, uh, especially sure. game day, right? And we, we all know that. But yeah. when someone comes in from the outside, as much as they've heard about when they experience it, it's it's pretty special. And it came and, in during the Illinois game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. So I think he's – um, yeah, he's he's gonna see it all fast. He yeah, already has. I will say he does seem like, at least compared to some of our m- more previous coaches, he does seem more prepared for our fan base. He's got that extra experience. He's been to the NFL. He's brought a couple programs up from being down to being relevant again. I think he's gonna do a little better. I think another thing I is, is than being, a couple of the last guys being in Texas in football. Like, yeah. It's crazy down there. It's a different like, animal. Well, and we experienced last weekend. Like, <laughs> the NFL is a different animal too. And you, so you know, he he brought in a lot of high school, Texas high school coaches because you know we talked about how territorial they are. Yes, I got the that was, right. That was time. one thing I I, I that's like, my last they, thing I got to specialized down. There. They are crazy. It's a religion down there. Well, so it's, it's like it's it's a profession. Uh, yes, high school coaches, especially at the high level, they don't teach. You know, they'll they'll teach one class a day, but they get football all day long. And some of those classes, yeah, they've got are an elective study hall lifting. <laughs> no, they don't have study halls either. The coordinators and the head coaches at some of the bigger schools. So to them, it's their profession, and they're paid very well for it too. Well, um, they get like forty thousand people at their games. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that that varies depending upon school. But you're right, and and that's what people don't ever realize when they're talking about metro kids or nebraska kids going to nebraska and why don't we offer them a scholarship people have to understand that these kids in texas and georgia and florida there's so many of them there one example i have for you there was a kid uh, at omaha burke his name was jimmy forsyth and i can't recall what year it would have been mid-2000s i think but jimmy at the time at, at omaha burke was setting records he was setting omaha burke records state records in terms of passing you know, just production things. I remember like that. the name, but I fantastic don't football player. Um, I think he ended up going. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe FCS, but anyway, people around here could not figure out why Nebraska wasn't offering Jimmy Forsythe, and I agreed. I was like, this kid's a stud. Even if he's not a quarterback, he's a great athlete. And a Division One coach came through. We were talking about him, and I go, why isn't anybody getting Jimmy Forsythe? He goes, Coach, there are 100 to 150 Jimmy Forsythes in Texas alone. And it kind of gave me a perspective on the fact that, uh, you know, we all feel that these kids at, at Westside or at Prep or at Burke or wherever else at Gretna are special. But when, when coaches have to pick 85 of them and give scholarships to yeah. from around the country, you got to go get the best. And well, our, our kids aren't always the best, that, unfortunately. Um, and the, the Tom Osborne days of walk-ons and, and that kind of thing and, and having 150 on the – it's just not the same. So I, I say that a lot, and I get I get yelled at a lot. Where <laughs> He's he's known for not caring about local high school football. It's, it's not that I – I know that they're yeah, – and they're getting better. I know that there is good talent mm-hmm. here. There is. But the volume is not here. Mm-hmm. You know, sorry, but it's just reality. And the fan base puts a lot of pressure on the coaches and, and the you system. O- like yep. you said, you only have 85 scholarships to give out. Like – Right, wrong, or indifferent, you cannot build a team off Nebraska kids on scholarship. Sorry, that's just reality. Uh, you, you brought up Jimmy Forsyth uh, a couple of years ago, that uh, Bellevue West running back, Ducker. Sure. Decker. Yep. You know, everybody wanted Nebraska to recruit mm-hmm. Offer him, offer him. And then he goes to Northern Illinois. He has a great first year at Northern Illinois. 
and then he transferred out. I don't know where he's at right now. Right. But Xavier Betts, he's up at uh, Notre, Dame. Notre Dame, and he's like their second guy right now. Yeah. Well, and he moved to defense. Year. I think yeah. he's jumping too. Oh, he is. Possibly. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, and Xavier Betts was one of the best. I mean, I told uh, – I had the offensive coordinator from Notre Dame sitting in my room, and I said he should be playing safety because I, I felt he was very special at a safety spot. And he goes, Coach, I'm not telling the coaches anything. On, on the defensive side, I'm not t- t- talking to them at all about Xavier well, Betts. I, I want him. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He ended up on defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think even the coach told me the other night, Coach uh, um, Lamangi told me the other night, his heart's on offense, but his skill set's on defense. Uh, so we'll see where he ends up, but uh, he's special, special kid, right? Yeah. And he goes to Notre Dame, and he hasn't had a lot of playing time as yeah. much as, as we would like, of course. But that just goes to show you he's one of the most talented kids that ever come out of Burke, ever come out of Omaha, one of the top. Uh, but it, it's it's tough going out there. You want yeah. the top players in the country? Yes, it's tough to yeah, compete. Not just not just in the state of Nebraska. He was one of the top players in the country. But you're right. We and have he a struggles lot of, to get on the field. Right. Right. Like, we have a lot of players here in, in Omaha, Lincoln, and in Nebraska. A lot more than we used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they got to keep earning their way. No doubt yeah. about it. So a question that I did have for you, I told Matt, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to ask him this or not. Have you been contacted by Matt Rule? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I have a funny reason for or, – or legit reason for asking this. Not at all. No. When, when he took over that Baylor job, um, I, I was reading an article. When he took over the Baylor job, he brought in – um, three different people, like they were, they were um, special assistants, things like that. But one of them was a formerly, like he had retired the year before, high school coach, and then he brought in two other high school coaches because mm-hmm. he wanted to build that connection. And to one the of local... them is the head coach at Texas Tech right now. Remember the yeah. Texas coaches, right? So <laughs> like... those coaches down there, they get they, they don't they don't yeah they're different breed different yeah. opportunities because they basically get to coach and that's all they do sure and they and a lot of those coaches have had playing experience with those coaches had a lot of ties maybe perhaps been college coach before and then dropped down I'll be honest with you the, the assistant coaches at D one level small D one levels make less than some of the Texas high school head coaches that's crazy because the average Texas high school head coach at a large division I think is in the 120 130 range. And if you're a smaller Division One assistant coach, you don't make that. So yeah. there's, a, there's a reason some of those guys drop down to high school. So that could be part of it, too. But, no, I'm just a schmuck. I mean, no. <laughs> if Coach Rule called me, we'd be in trouble. So uh, I don't know. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. I would love to sit in their film room and, and, and do some work for them. But, uh, no, they need a hell of a lot better coaches than me. <laughs> and I want a lot better coaches than me, so as a fan. <laughs> well, it's been awesome getting to chat with you a little bit and I really Thanks for having appreciate you guys. Yeah, on. it's been fun. This has been a good time. And this may be the most unbelievable night in Cornhusker football history.